You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two of the program. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Don't panic about the Flames' first 10 games of the season. Just calm down. Be calm. Calm down. 960, 960 on the text line to uh, wrap up the Flames eight game homestand in three words on Twitter as well at George Russick at Matt Rose YYC. We're coming live to you from the Doug Lacey basement systems and studio. Yeah, I see some of you using the little dash to put two words together. You're cheating. Okay, like long drawn. That's two words. Those don't you can't hyphen those together. Okay. Three words, and we'll get yours at the bottom of the hour. Um, but right now, joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, we say good morning to NFL insider from CBS Sports, Charles Davis. Charles, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're, we're great. Uh, it's, it's cold. It's snowy here in Calgary this morning. The Flames are in a four-game losing streak. But, man, was that NFL fun yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, can can I start somewhere else real quick? Absolutely. Number you one, can. yes. I love I love your contest about three words, mm. and immediately both of you have a red pen out and are marking people's uh, paper <laughs> submissions incorrect. It's true. I love that. Okay. I have a feeling that if I, if you guys had been my professor when I was in college, <laughs> then my 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 papers would have come back to me wet with red ink having been, been put on. In fact, when I was in college, mm-hmm. there, I remember reading one time this, this thing, you know, this, this thing about college kids, their submissions, and what professors would write on their papers. And you always knew who had tenure because they gave zero Fs. <laughs> one, professor actually wrote, one professor actually wrote on a kid's paper. It's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Wrote on the paper, this paper is so bad that not only am I failing you, I failed everyone who even looks like you. <laughs> Greatest thing I've ever done. I love it. That feels fair. I love it. I was like, that is that is outstanding, and I'm glad you're telling the fans not to panic. Yep. Okay? Just 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 hold on tight to Lanny McDonald's memory, okay? That's right. Jerome McGinley. Yep. And things will get better. And I remember when the Flames were in Atlanta Ooh. and when Jim Craig – goaltender for the Miracle on Ice team in the United States in 1980 made his debut with the Atlanta Flames. Look at that. Charles busting out some Atlanta Flames. A little deep cut uh, there. Uh, Speaking of uh, fans and disappointment, uh, if you're a Green Bay Packer fan this morning, Charles, how you should be feeling? I think they're in shock, truthfully. Because each week it felt like this was the week to, you know that term we all use in sports, to get right? Yeah. You know, how, how many weeks in a row have, now has Green Bay played and it looked like this is a get-right game? Okay, this is a game you're going you're gonna to figure it out. You had opponents you should beat. You're going to get right. The Detroit Lions are your ultimate get-right game. <laughs> I know that they are the darlings of hard knocks. I have a very good friend who works for the organization, and I support him fully. And I think, frankly, fans who watch hard knocks on HBO – became Detroit Lions fans. In a lot of ways, the Lions became their second favorite team if they weren't Lions fans to begin with. And they're all like, eh, 
same old Lions. This was been this was weird for Green Bay and their fans. Another get right game that just passed down the tubes, and now you have to also throw in Aaron Rodgers has been able to talk about everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Receivers got to get better. Everyone's got to get attention to task. Everybody's got to take it seriously, and he throws three picks. Mm-hmm. I'm not pointing a single finger. But I know that there are plenty of people in that locker room that are like, I know I can't do it, but, God, I'd sure like to go to the podium and go, I wish everyone took every week seriously. <laughs> Man, well, five straight. that's kind of where they are, unfortunately. Huh? Five straight yeah. losses now, and you've got the Vikings on the other yeah. side who have coupled together six straight wins. Like, it's it's kind of getting into do-or-die territory for the Packers at this point before they want – if they, you don't want to shut the book on the season at this point. You no, know, you really don't, but I have to tell you, it's hard not to, to look at Green Bay and think to yourself that this is the year they don't make it back. Mm. They just have not shown any of those sparks that you look for or any of those things that you can lean on and go, hey, this, is, this team's going to get better because of. And then you point to this, 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 and this. Tell me where it is. Preseason, was it not said that Green Bay's defense would probably be top five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not playing anywhere close to that. Nope. Now you're hearing all this rumblings about guys hating the calls of the defensive coordinator. When the head coach has to come out and give the defensive coordinator a vote of confidence, isn't that like usually when the owner gives the head coach a vote of confidence? Mm-hmm. It's not good. Yeah. We've so talk- you put that in there. Receivers still the same thing. Look, the Buffalo game, they were down in a normal situation. Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball to try get them back into the game. Instead, they stuck with the ground game, and it worked, 208 yards. But did you watch that Sunday night and ever think to yourselves, oh, Green Bay's going to get back in this? Never once. Yeah. It wasn't even a thought possibility. So that just tells you that they are really out of sorts right now. We've been drawing parallels to the season that Aaron Rodgers has been having and the season that Tom Brady's been having, but a different result for him. This past Sunday, he leads a game-winning touchdown drive, and as a result, the Buccaneers now 4-5, and five, and they're tied for the lead in their division with the Atlanta Falcons. What do you think that that drive in particular can do for Tom Brady moving forward? I feel differently about it if it were a younger quarterback mm. because I think, like, I'll put it this way, we had the Jets and Bills this weekend, okay? To me, if Zach Wilson had done the exact same thing, the Jets quarterback – We'd be talking about a huge bounce here, right? The kid gains confidence. He kind of feels it now. Not that everything gets perfect, but he doesn't go to bed at night and wake up the next morning in a horror show of stay off the social media, don't read the newspapers, don't listen to talk radio, don't do any of that. And that's what a kid like that needs. The kids all tell you the same thing. I'm not listening. I'm not watching. They're lying. Okay? (laughs) And I'm not pointing a finger. It's just human nature. And by the way, People who tell you that they are your friends, you know what they do? They love Schadenfreude. Mm-hmm. They will come and tell you, God, I hate what they wrote about you in the paper. Oh, it's awful. Because they want to tell you that someone ripped you to shreds. It is the weirdest phenomenon I've ever experienced. I get it on my side. I don't know if you guys ever get that. I used to get it a lot more. But it's like, oh, hey, you know I love you. By God, I can't believe what they wrote about you today. Can't yeah. wait to revel in your, in your discomfort. All right? That's what happens with all these guys. With Brady, it's different. He's been through all that. He's seen everything before. Nothing can, There can't be a thing that's going to phase him considering what he's going through in, in his regular world. Nothing, nothing, nothing. This winning touchdown was much more relief 
than it was joy and a, a, a precursor of, oh, the Buccaneers are going to get right. No, we don't know that. What it told me is the Rams really aren't very good, okay, <laughs> because they couldn't even close out a game. And now Jalen Ramsey comes out and goes, what were we doing back on the field? You guys can't finish a game? I mean, he says it publicly. Yeah. Good luck, Sean McVay. you got some work to do in that locker room. Charles Davis, NFL insider for CBS Sports, joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, you talk about that Bills game. I, there's a couple things I want to dive into here, Charles. Number one, yeah. does Gabe Davis have to make that catch? Because Josh Allen, I saw it on Next Gen Stats, longest throw in the NFL in six years, 60, almost 69 yards in the air, hits him in the numbers. I know Sauce Gardner is right there. Does Gabe Davis need to make that yeah. catch? It would be nice, but I'm not going to sit here and, and on a grading sheet say, how'd you miss that, game?" Right. I think I'd be much more aligned. I think Chad Hall, the wide receivers coach, is going to say, appreciate the effort. Would have been nice if you made the catch, but I really don't think he's getting mm. dinged down for it because if you watch that play, I think you guys did, as it developed, the officials yesterday were very clear early in the ball game they were going to let them hand fight on the outside. They were not there for ticky-tack, okay? And I always, I always liken it to when, when, when kids are fighting young, you know, they're, they're, they're wrestling with each other in the house and mom's had enough, the old movie thing where she grabs a broom and, and swats them. <laughs> Settle it outside. Quit messing up my room. That's what it felt like yesterday. And the officials established it early and stayed consistent with it. Sauce Gardner had hands going. But Gabe Davis very clearly, the inside arm, pushed to create a little bit of space. But he couldn't get enough because Sauce Gardner's almost 6'4", and he's, and he's a wiry strong. Wait till he actually puts on weight, mm. okay? And he hung in there, and, and it just became a very difficult catch. The catch I would probably point to Gabe Davis that he should have made was earlier in the game, I think third quarter, on a scramble by Josh Allen, and he ends up throwing the one back into the middle, and Gabe Davis is coming back for the football, and it hits him right in the hands and the numbers, and he doesn't come on with that one. That's the one that he'll get a ding for. That's one he should have caught. I think the one on the deep ball was we hope that he can catch this one. It was actually decent defense. Uh, Charles, we've seen some uncharacteristic interceptions thrown by Josh Allen the last couple of games. Yeah. Uh, is, is, is he hurting his MVP candidacy here with these last two performances, especially one in prime time in front of everybody? He can wipe it away by being Josh Allen again. I I would agree that the second half of the Green Bay game and this one with the Jets are not ones that he's going to to submit uh, for candidacy, right? I mean, what do they call it with the Oscars? To the Academy? He's not going to submit this to the Academy for consideration. Okay, (laughs) These are not the ones. But he has enough others that are so good and – we know what Josh Allen looks like when he's Josh Allen, full Josh Allen. And here's the thing. I don't think you'll hear it publicly. In fact, he went to the podium and, and said, it's hard for my team. It's hard for a team to win when their quarterback plays like bleep. And he obviously was referring to himself. He understands the art of quarterbacking. Quarterbacking is not Sundays. It's not even just simply practicing. Quarterback is a 24-7, 365 lifestyle. And he gets it. In other words, everything that went wrong, take it on your own shoulders. How do you fix it? How do you make it better? If you made any errors, you take them on. I would tell you that if we sat down and I showed you film of the two interceptions, I could make a case that his receivers actually caused the interceptions. But you're not going to hear that from him. 
Now, the first one with Dawson Knox, love Dawson Knox. He's, I really love that young man. But instead of running the route flat to the sideline, he come, came up at like a 45. And when he did that, that allowed the safety to undercut it. Because if he runs it flat, the safety's on his back. And Josh thought he was going to run it flat. He threw it there. The safety undercut it pick. The second one, when he ends up throwing it and, and, and Sauce Gardner goes and falls back into coverage and gets it, I think he expected Gabe Davis to hook up in that area. Gabe Davis was out towards the sideline. Now, I don't have that because I'm not in their meeting rooms. I have watched a little bit of football. I can make a pretty decent educated guess, hmm. and the Bills can tell me I'm wrong. More power to them because then I would learn something. But I've been around that a little bit. That's what both of those felt like to me. So that's why I'm saying I could make the case. But have you heard that from Josh Allen? No. All he said was he didn't play well. He took it upon himself, and he threw one. The worst one, Jordan Whitehead didn't catch. Right in the number three, and he dropped it. He needs to go hit the, hit the jugs machine because that's the third interception I've seen Jordan Whitehead we've had with yet, and he's a really good player otherwise. Wanted to ask you about the about the Seahawks here, Charles, because I – if we're sitting around in a pub and we're tipping a few back in the off season or maybe early in the preseason, do we have to be in a pub to tip? Do we have to be in a pub to tip any back? We can be wherever we can be wherever we need to be. Um, <laughs> in a parking lot, maybe in a parking well, lot. We can be in, to the pub. They just tip them back in the alley. We can be in the park. You name yeah. it, man. I'm I'm versatile in that sense. Um, but we're tipping them, and I I look over at you. And I go, the Seahawks are going to have two more wins than anybody else in their division midway through the season. What are you going to say back to me? A round, again, a round for everyone on me. Because <laughs> I didn't see this coming. And in fact, make mine a double. In fact, I'm going to do Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. Hey, let me tell you something. You see this picture? Keep it full. Bring it. Make sure it's full every 10 minutes until we pass out. Then make sure it's full every five. Okay? All right. We'll talk to you later. That's what I would feel right now. And I don't mean that with any disrespect, but I didn't think the Seahawks roster was good enough. I've always been a huge believer in Pete Carroll. Okay? And no one happier, more excited about starting this season. And, in fact, to me, it reminds me of a previous time when the Seahawks, what was it, four or five years ago, were predicted to be the dregs of the NFC West. And we're talking about they're only going to win three or four games. And before the season, I told a good friend of mine who's a writer, I said, they're going to go to the playoffs. And he said, you are nuts. And he was ready to take me in and have me tested for a lot of things. And I said, no, they're going to make the playoffs. I said, this is, this is the challenge Pete Carroll was looking for, to be able to do this. Russell Wilson's in his prime. He's got this. He's got – and I'll be darned they made the playoffs after an 0-2 start. This time I didn't feel that way. I wasn't as bullish by any stretch. Geno Smith has elevated his play. The defense is playing much more like a Pete Carroll defense would play, which it hasn't done in about three seasons now. That offensive line where they drafted the, t- the young tackles has played much better. And, oh, yeah, they found the runner that Pete always covets, and Kenneth Walker the third out of Michigan State. He has put Rashad Penny in the, in the background, which is a good thing because Rashad Penny's better as an ac- accessory than he is as a lead guy. You know, some character actors you can't make leading people. Okay, he's that guy. Guess what? Kenneth Walker? Oh, no. He, 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 he's a leading person. He's a star. Got his own trailer. A lot of stars on his chair. He's that guy, <laughs> and that's the way Pete wants to play the game. Absolutely, and it's working, and they're having a ball. Plus, here's the last thing. The more success they had with those great teams in Seattle, 
Do you guys have any idea how difficult Pete's job was on a daily basis with that group? Because that group, let's just say, they had an opinion on a lot of things. I used to have this image in my head of Pete Carroll coming to work in Seattle and peering around corners, hoping not to run into the Legion of Boom. <laughs> because every one of them was like, Pete, hey, Pete, we got to talk. He's like, oh, yeah, I can't get to my office. That was the vision I had the last two years they had that group together. And I think right now, he gets to coach his team. They say, yes, coach, and they go out and execute, and his life's a lot easier. Charles, the way Geno Smith and the Seahawks are playing, how does that make Russell Wilson look in all of this? It's really, you know, it's, it's a great question because I, as much as we want to make it apples to apples, and it's, and, it's, and it's irresistible not to, it also makes it, it also is a tougher one because of this. Russell Wilson went to a situation where he thought that putting all this together, you know, hey, this is going to be fun. I'm going to do it like Brady. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. But preseason, even after all the changes, he went to a team that was picked fourth in their own division. Okay, I mean, go back and remember preseason. We thought they would contend. We loved the AFC West. But when you said to someone, who do you like in the AFC West, how many people really said Denver? Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. Now, if he stays in Seattle, he's got to buy into a total reboot, do it a certain way, and here's the other part. It just certainly appears that he had decided, I want to do certain things a different way than maybe Pete Carroll does, and now that's untenable, and I'm, I've got enough clout and enough years in the league, and people are going to want me. And Gino is in a whole different spot. Gino's like, look, I've been overlooked all these years. I never got the full shot I wanted with the Jets. You know, I became the villain with the Giants when they benched Eli Manning and killed his streak. I didn't do it, but everybody treated me like the villain. And mm-hmm. then I sat around all these years behind Russell. I'm eager to go play. Yes, Coach, how you want to do it? That's just kind of where they got to. And right now, it's playing much better for Geno than it is for Russell. And unfortunately for Russell Wilson, who I still think can play. I don't think it's a matter of he can't play. I think he hasn't found his way. I think Russell is trying to do so many things, be so many things that maybe he's kind of lost that center, which is I'm a quarterback in the NFL. Good things happen when I play well as a result of it, as opposed to I'm trying to be this over here in the entertainment side, this over here in the physical fitness side, this over here in the social media side, this over here. Oh yeah. And I quarterback too. I just think there's a lot going on and he's kind of lost that part of it. If he gets that part back, I think he can be there. Plus, he's got a rookie head coach who's got his own share of struggle. One of the uh, premier performances we saw over the course of the weekend was uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, missing Jamar Chase for a few weeks here. But Joe Mixon absolutely showed out, had the five touchdowns. Does that game that maybe it's a pretty resounding victory over Carolina, does that maybe tell you anything positive about the Bengals, or is this just a, a, a good team taking on a lesser opponent? More towards the latter, but they've been so up and down all year that they're hoping that this will help them build. But my partner, Ian Eagle, said it so perfectly in our booth on Sunday. They, 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 we went to one of those game breaks, and they showed the highlight of the Bengals pounded another touchdown on Carolina. You know, I just felt like they came totally off the top rope. And by the way, the last time, how the heck did I not bring up the Hart family out there in Calgary? <laughs> should, I, should, should, should I be like, you know, you know, choked out on that one, probably. But anyway, moving right along. <laughs> we thought, you know, when when the score came back, 
Ian said it so perfectly. He said, can we figure out the Bengals? And I said, well, I thought I had them figured out. I thought they were back on the beam. I thought we had late season Bengals 2021 prior to Cleveland on Monday night. And that went out the window. So I still don't have a full read on this Bengals team. And, and you know, beating up Carolina? Okay. I mean, <laughs> Carolina's not very good. Right. You know, and, and they're just they're just a mess right now, an absolute mess. The defense still fighting, battling, scratching, clawing. They, you know, they do the best they can. They can only hold up so long because the offense is, is abysmal. And when you take away your number one playmaker, McCaffrey, when you're starting P.J. Walker, who's a three on just about any team, not a one, it's going to show up eventually. And Cincinnati got right. You know, to, to revisit an earlier phrase in our conversation, boy, did they get right. Now, can they develop consistency and totally get back on the beam? Because in their division, anyone with a hot streak, if anyone runs off a four-game streak, a three- or four-game streak, they'll take control in the, end of, in the AFC North. Charles, which team do you believe in more, the Vikings or the Dolphins? Dolphins. Oh, okay. And Dolphins. And that's and that's a really close call because I still feel like I have an inherent I'm struggling to believe what I'm seeing with the Vikings. And that's my own fault. That's no one else's. You know? They've, they they continue to prove it. This past week was a big one. I don't care if Washington's not very good. They had one three in a row. To come back in that and get it done, Cousins, how happy was he? I did, I, I, somewhere in the recesses of my travels last night, did I see him with a shirt off and a bunch of chains yeah. dancing on yep. a plane? Sure did. Iced out. I did see that. That, yep. that happened, right? That was Kirk Cousins. That was not a fever dream. Yep, that happened. Yeah, you can't unsay it. But understandable, right? Like, if I'm Kirk Cousins, I might have just been in a towel at that point. I mean, how happy how happy is that young man to go to go back to Washington and get that done and, 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 and lead it in a comeback? I think that was almost even more satisfying than a blowout. You know why? Because there was hope on the other side. And then you take hope and snuff it out like you throw a blanket over a small fire. Like, how, how great was that for him? Mm-hmm. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to Minnesota. And Kevin O'Connell doing a wonderful job as a rookie head coach. I mean, absolutely wonderful job because that team needed healing, absolute healing, because they'd been coached so hard by Mike Zimmer that they needed a lot more of those positive affirmations. It's almost like we're going into one of those counseling sessions. But they've responded to what Kevin O'Connell has given them. And by the way, our, my, my deepest condolences to Mike Zimmer, his family, on the loss of his son, Adam. That is just shockingly horrible. There's nothing worse in this world than a, a parent having to bury a child. There's just mm. nothing worse than that. Charles Davis, NFL Insider, CBS Sports. Uh, Charles, uh, we look forward to next week. Enjoy uh, tonight's game, and we'll talk next week. I appreciate it very much. But am I right? You guys were very nice to me, the Hart, the Hart family, and I just let that go. Well, 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 well we, you know, I was talking about, you know, to Maple Leaf Gardens, we're in Calgary. Come on, man, figure it out. Yeah, we we talked to uh, we interviewed Bret Hart about a week ago too. He was great, and he gave the us the story. Yeah, gave execution. us the Yeah, uh, real quick, uh, uh, we'll get, I'll tell you the story about his sunglasses because I asked him about it. So yeah. uh, he was uh, years ago. He was at a gas station, and a guy ran out of gas and had no money to fill up his tank, and was wearing those types of sunglasses. 
and Bret Hart gave him some money for gas in exchange for his sunglasses, and that's how it all started. That is so cool. The yeah. best there is, the best there was, the best that there, there will ever be. Uh, you're the best. Hitman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're the best, uh, our guest. And on the... by the way, you still got to fill me in on everyone who called in and said, oh, yeah, I had you know one of these horrific injuries, but I'm good. Okay, we got it. Do you, do you want to hear it? We, we got that, too. Do you, do you want to? Yeah, hit, okay. okay, hit me. So uh, our winner, Charles, was a gentleman who um, had a skiing injury. So he had a pal make a gigantic jump. And when he went off the jump, he kneed himself in the chin and knocked himself out cold. So he started flying through the air, you know, like a big sack of potatoes because he was totally limp. Uh, And upon hitting the ground he went head first and then shoulder first and then followed by his body he broke his skis upon impact and when his friend came to give him some some help some support he opened up his jacket he said it looked like he had two left arms because the way that the shoulder had broken around to the other way his friend threw up immediately and uh yeah well, he survived obviously and we gave him a, a, a gift card for or we gave him flames tickets i think yeah yeah so yeah that's what we ended up uh picking for the most gruesome injury but uh there was a lot of them that is strong all it needed was you guys ever watched cheers back yep. in the day yep yep okay when, when sam malone took that gig as a weekend as a sportscaster and yep. he did and, and he was desperate because he was so bad and he brought the boom box did rap in sammy yeah, <laughs> and talked about a groin in, a groin injury. Yeah, greatest. You guys got to YouTube at one time, and I promise you, you will laugh. You you know what's off. It is outstanding when he talks about you know a guy with a groin injury. Oh, it's outstanding. Just outstanding. Yeah, uh, the best part of that story is when his friend unzipped his jacket and saw his dislocated arm and vomited <laughs> right beside him immediately. <laughs> two, Charles, two two left arms. Yeah, yep. That's how bad it was. Yeah, it only rotated around well, 90, 90 yeah. degrees of the body. I don't think it's much to worry about. No problem. Here. What, as, 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 a, as a doctor would say, you're not supposed to move like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, uh, that, that, it is not. And, and by the way, thank you, doctor. Appreciate it. How, yeah. much, how much will that be? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, Charles, talk next week. Thanks, pal. Oh. Great Thanks stuff. Thanks a lot, guys. You take care of yourselves. Charles Davis, NFL insider for CBS Sports. The best. On the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. Charles is the best. Like yep. He's such a nice guy. He's so smart. He's so good at his job. And uh, Josh Allen threw a couple of bad, 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 bad interceptions yesterday for those Buffalo Bills. And again, Minnesota Vikings, too. Kirk Cousins all iced out with his shirt off. Uh, we'll ask Peter Labardius, Lou, diehard Vikings fan at 830. You know, is he when was bull- the last time you took your shirt off and wore eight chains? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure those that wasn't cubic zirconia that Kirk was wearing no. as well. It wasn't glass. I don't think those were his. I think they were his. Do you think all of them were his? Yes. Because he, he has been wearing those lately. Like, I understand if he had, like, a cup. But yeah, he, the guy he, makes, he, like, $30 million a year. He's fine. He can afford it. He was dressed like a Mayan prince. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he was dressed like a pharaoh. Yeah. Like, they should bury him with that <laughs> stuff. Like, that's how he was dressed, like, in a sarcophagus. Um. Uh. 
we haven't mummified someone in years. It's but, true. But it's about damn time. Uh, still taking your text messages, 960-960. Got some beauties. Wrap up the Flames' eight-game homestand in three words. On Twitter as well, at George Russick and Matt Rose YYC. But I got first, some favorites. Yeah, there's, there's some really good ones. We'll do that straight ahead. And I'll tell you why you should be calm about the, <laughs> calm about the Calgary Flames. But uh, the Stampeders are out of the playoffs yesterday. Uh, we were all concerned about Nathan Rourke. What is he going to look like? He was really good yesterday. What happened to Calgary dominating the line of scrimmage yesterday, Matty? Well, yeah, it was something that we talked about, right? The run game was one of the things for the Stampeders that really typically had worked for them, but they just didn't seem to to go to it as often as maybe you would expect. Now, I do think that the Stamps are maybe trying to catch the Lions a little bit off guard with some of their things and a couple of early plays on. They maybe didn't get the push that they wanted on first down run plays and as a result tried to go to something different. There were instances where it looked good and everyone was talking about how Kadeem Carey only had like 40 rushing yards, but he also had like 50 or 60 receiving yards. Like he's not just... When you talk about the ground game, it's not necessarily just the handoffs. It's also those kind of passes out of the backfield, which are essentially runs Mm -hmm. because they're just quick passes, set up a blocking scheme, and you go with it. Um, The two things that I think stood out to a lot of people um, were the penalties and the switching, or pardon me, not the penalties, but the third and short decisions in the first quarter and the decision to go to Boldy by Mitchell and maybe the timing of said decision as well. the third and short situations, I kind of mentioned it in the morning report. Like the stamps were very good in third and short over the course of the regular season. They were 17 for 19 in those type of situations. Tommy Stevens typically was getting three or four yards when they needed a half or one yard. So that was working for them. But then they kind of switched things up. Like Dave Dickinson likes to create kind of a base play. And over the course of the season, add all sorts of gadgets to it so that when the playoffs arrive, you're comfortable with the play, but you can run something you've never ran in a game and still be comfortable with it. And they tried to do that with Malik Henry sweep on third and short. Didn't work. Instead of going for the third and two rush uh, for the first turnover on downs, they drop Mayer back in the shotgun and he tries to make a pass, scramble drill. Neither guy gets it. All of a sudden, you've turned it over on downs twice rather than kicking field goals. Ends up coming to bite you in the back half a little bit. So there was a there was a lot of things that I looked at in this game and thought could have been better. Missed on that. But in the end, just frankly, kind of wasn't good enough. A lot of question marks, too, uh, heading for the Calgary Stampeders. And I thought it was very interesting that Bo Levi Mitchell said post game. Yeah, he, definitely not done in the league. Definitely wants to play next season. Well, so like, I thought that was really interesting. Even before the game on the weekend, like Bo said to us in a press conference, he was like, well, this isn't the last time that I'm going to be playing at McMahon Stadium. And like it hadn't really been said until Bo said it after the game where you know the writing's on the wall when you sign another quarterback to a multi-year extension because that's what Jake Mayer got. He's signed here for, you know, they, they signed him for one season and they extended him during the regular season. Bo Levi Mitchell's time here in Calgary, we all kind of understood this was going to be it. Mm-hmm. He comes in, he has a couple of good drives, too little too late at that point in the contest. I'm intrigued to see where he ends up landing because he's going to play in the CFL. He's still good enough to play in the CFL when you kind of look around the league at some of the other teams and their quarterback situations. 
but there's still many questions to be answered as to where I think that there's a lot of teams that would really appreciate his services and bringing him in. That's a guy who sells tickets too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, real quick too, before we go, our NFL big bets brought to you by Sports Select. Sports Select has more sports leagues, and for limited time, better odds on over under and point spread. Build your ticket at sportselect.com. I think producer Patty Dumal essentially just cut copy and pasted what we did last week because we had the identical records we did last week. But I don't think I did. I went and checked mine. I think I went three and three. Well, so now there's some controversy. Now on there's this some week's- controversy based on the notes. Because uh, on, on according to the lineup that Patty Dumas sent out, you went four and two. Patty Dumas went four and two, and I was a mediocre three and three. And I keep hammering the point: just take the exact opposite yeah. of what I've been taking so far this NFL season. Because I've been a steaming hot pile of garbage, like I saw on the text line describing the Calgary Flames at game homestand, similar to my picks in the NFL this season, steaming hot garbage. So I don't. Maybe he's giving me my underbet for the Eagles and Texans, where the line was forty-five and a half, and there was forty-six points scored in that. Maybe there's a little bit of a clerical error there. But I also had the Commanders plus three and a half. That was a win. Uh, I had the over in the Chargers Falcons game. That was a loss. Yep. I had the under for Rams Bucks. That was a win. Took a couple points with uh, the Seahawks. That was a win. Yep. And then I took the Chiefs minus a million, which they definitely did not do. They won that one in overtime. So that's three and three. Well, we'll have to figure that out. Straight ahead, though, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna calm calm you down this morning when it comes to the Calgary Flames and their ten game start to the season. Pump the brakes. Yeah, and we'll read some of your text messages. Nine sixty nine sixty name and location on Twitter at George Russick, at Matt Rose YYC. Three words to describe Calgary's eight-game homestand. We'll do that next. It's The Big Show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It is The Big Show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Joining you live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Studio, welcoming our new studio sponsor, Thanks for the support. A truly family-owned business. They specialize in foundation repairs, serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. At the top of the hour, Justin Bourne, NHL on Sportsnet Coast, a real kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590. The fan uh, will get his take on the Islanders, the Flames, what he thinks uh, the biggest issue with the Calgary Flames right now is. Maybe some injuries. Maybe they need another top six forward. We'll get Borny's take on the Calgary Flames and Flames color, color analyst for Sports at 960. The fan Peter Labardius, Lou at 8.30. Course, talk about the Flames, but we'll talk about Kirk Cousins with his shirt off getting all iced out with Lou, which I'm sure he saw the video yesterday. But Flames fell on Saturday night, 4-3 in overtime to the Devils at Scotiabank Saladome. Wrapped up their eight-game homestand. Um, we've been taking your text messages, 96960, name and location. Also on Twitter, at George Russick, at Matt Rose YYC. The three words that best describes the Calgary Flames eight-game homestand. But before we get to that, do you want to get yeah. calm? Sure. Do you get calm about the calm about Calgary's <laughs> 10-game start to their calm yeah, yeah, yeah. to their season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Sportsnet Stats is a great resource that we have here. It is. Um, you just send them an email and they do all the stuff and they look it up and they're fantastic. So I wanted to know the last five Stanley Cup champions and their first 10 games of the season 
and what it looked like. So let's start here, Maddie, because the Flames right now, 5-4-1, minus one goal difference, 20% on the power play, 81.4% on the penalty kill. I wanted to see what the last five Stanley Cup champions, how they did after their first 10 games of the season. Sure, yeah, why not? So the 2017-2018 Capitals were 4-5-1. Some calming music. Calm. 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 Their goal difference was minus eight. Their uh-huh. power play was 22.9% and their penalty kill, 73.3. The Flames had a better start, have had a better 10-game start to their season than the 2017-2018 Washington Capitals. Well, that's good, right? There's the, one. The Capitals went on and they won the cup. They were all great. They vanquished their number one rivals in the Pittsburgh Penguins they, and, and won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, Alex Ovechkin finally got his ring. That was awesome. Okay, so I, I feel good about that. The 2018-2019 St. Louis Blues, uh-huh. Maddie, three four and three, minus three goal difference, uh-huh. 29.5% on the power play, 78.9% on the penalty kill. Okay, flames much better than the Blues start of 2018 and 2019. Okay, yeah, well we know how the season went for the Blues. They absolutely nosedived. They were the worst team in the NHL at Christmas, and then all of a sudden, boom, took off. Yeah. So you're telling me. That the season isn't won or lost in the first 10 games? Well, if you listen to the post-game show with Pat Steinberg, <laughs> it has been lost. <laughs> but that's why I wanted to calm, mm, yeah. calm you down yeah, yeah, yeah. this okay. morning. Okay. Uh, the 2019-2020 yeah. Lightning. I told you, I got the five yeah. Stanley Cup champs. Let's go. Lightning were 5-3-2, and two, plus one goal difference, 24.1% on the power play, 69.4% on the penalty kill, which isn't very good at all. Mm-mm. They ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay Lightning were great. That was the year of the bubble. No, sorry. The, the the next year was the year of the bubble. Yeah. No, now I'm confused. No, 2020 was the year of the bubble. Yes. Yes. They won the cup in the summertime. And then, and the then they the had bubble. the shortened season, the full shortened season, right. but it was this, the weird divisions and all that. Yeah. This is the outlier for why you should be super calm about the season. The 2020-2021 Tampa Bay Lightning were absolutely a wagon out of the gate. 8-1-1. One, and one, Plus 17 goal difference, 20% power play like the Flames do right now, 82.1% on the penalty kill. The special teams mirror what the Flames are doing right now. It's just they were fantastic out of the gate two years ago. 14 games less than that regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Math is terrible, but that just means that every game early on has that much more value. So it makes sense that in a shortened season, you kind of want to be a wagon. You're right. That one, an outlier, but perhaps also an asterisk. So last season's Colorado Avalanche, mm-hmm. the exact same record of the Calgary Flames, 5-4-1, four, mm-hmm. plus four goal difference, just five goals better. Their power play was incredible, 39.4%. But their penalty kill, meh, 71.1%. So mm. essentially what I'm saying here is you can win the Stanley Cup with a 5-4-1 start, B minus one in goal difference, have a 20% power play and 81.4% penalty kill, which the Calgary Flames do have right now. Because if you look at the last five Stanley Cup champions outside of the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2021, all those records were meh after 10 games of the regular season, much like where the Flames sit right now, just under an eighth of the way through the regular season. Listen, every team has to go through certain bouts of adversity throughout the course of the season. It makes you all better. It brings you together as a group, especially when you can overcome that adversity as a group. And we've seen that in basically every 
team that has won the cup recently. The Blues are obviously the the premier example as a team that was like looking at first overall when New Year's rolled around and instead ended up hoisting the cup. And and obviously all of those seasons had storylines that brought the team to wherever they are. But I think that the key takeaway there, the Blues want a perfect example. There was no way that they were playing games in November with the Blues and people were saying, if they only bring up Jordan Bennington, like, I think that this yeah. will work out. Like, you never know what that final missing ingredient is to make the perfect and, recipe. And maybe that is a top six winger for the Calgary Flames. That and might be the magic sauce that exactly. springs this team into a Stanley Cup champion. And the thing is, too, like, it's not just the position. It's the right person. Yeah. You got to bring someone in that works with the team. So just to wrap it up. Yeah. Calm. Calm. The last five Stanley Cup champions. Okay. Mm-hmm. The last four of the last five have had very similar starts to what the Calgary Flames have done mm-hmm. through two games. Uh, we asked you on Twitter. We're asking you on the text line 960, 960 name and location. <laughs> the three words that wrap up the Flames eight game homestand. I'll get to the ones on Twitter and then you can get to some of the ones. Sure. On the text line, right tweeted this out uh, last night. Kurt sent us a text, uh, sent us a tweet, excuse me, went to S. Went to S? Yep. Yeah, okay. With a little bit of... Uh... Yeah. Uh, Lip1978 sent us a tweet. Not good enough. I I felt like we would get that one quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Brian Atwood sent us a tweet. Uh, stayed too long. Stayed too long. Like it the was too long. Was too it long. Was eight games. Too long. Sure. Okay. Uh, I guess. Yeah. You're Dustin, not. You're not wrong. Dustin first. I love that last name. Is it spelled like the number? No. First or is it F U R S T? We're just throwing names out there. I think it's got to be first. First. Like worst. Yeah. Interesting coaching decisions was his three words, which I would agree with. Yes. Uh, Latte Larry. Um, which is great. Shout uh, out, Larry. Three and five. It's holiday season at Starbies. Uh, Zamboni Cody. Add Zamboni Coney. Uh, Cody. Ban the wave is his three for the I homestand. like that. Why are you doing the wave when you're down 3-1? Yeah, don't do that. That's a bad look. Yeah. You uh, can do that when, you know, you're playing overseas and it's a Finland game and the Europeans and, and are and having a, a Skoda time. car in the corner yeah, of the rink. Yeah, exactly. And there's really no home team and yeah, yeah have at her. But no, down 3-1, clean your act up. Kevin Steves, uh, good, bad, ugly. Yeah, sure. Uh, Dale, uh, disappointed in you. <laughs> uh, Roger, Thanks, a, Mom. a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, uh, not good enough. Yeah. Told you we get that one. Uh, Neil. Whoa. Oh no. <laughs> was his, which I like, uh, Ian pure dog S <laughs> and, uh, thanks for all the tweets there. Keep them rolling There's some in. Good ones. Yeah. At George Russick at Matt Rose. YYC. What do you got on the text line at nine sixty nine sixty? Well, we got this one quite a bit. Um, stink, stank, stunk. We got that's that one good. a couple times, referencing, of course, the Grinch, and I guess the snow is on the ground, so that's a good time. We got this one, another uh, callback to the show. Not great, Bob. Of course, it's a callback to Mad Men. Yep. And, uh, yeah, great clip. We use that one all the time. Uh, we also got a poop sandwich. Poop sandwich, and you have no choice but to say, mm. oh, mm, I'm going to put some mustard on this. Mmm, yum. Yeah, so that clip. we had that, yeah. Um, someone referenced this. Bag of garbage. Uh, that was uh, from a trap. 
traffic report where there was a bag of garbage on the ground, okay. a bag of garbage. Uh, so those would be a, a few that definitely stand out to me. One of my absolute favorites, I don't have a clip for it, is Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Because at the start, you Great. liked a lot what you saw, right? There were a lot of good things. This mad scientist whipping up a few things that might be useful to society, and then all of a sudden, night creature murdering people in the streets. Uh, this one really stuck out to me. Yeah. Uh, Pat from North Calgary, I miss Johnny. Yeah, we're getting a lot of uh, not good enough. Uh, Robin Oakridge. Sent that as well. Caudry is awesome. That from Mark. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, to be expected. I don't think that was really to be expected. Uh, but Joey sent us a uh, text as well. Pump the brakes. Yeah, slow down. I just gave you the last four of the five last cup champions have had a similar start to what the Calgary Flames have done their first 10 games of the season. This one's kind of creative. It says me, D, Ogre. Okay. It's one word, but if you split it up into three words, mm-hmm. fulfills the fulfills the task. Uh, Chad uh, took an S. I don't know why. Uh, I like this one. Flames chill, Daddy. I don't know which one of us is is, is Daddy. Um, here's this one's good from Gene. Uh, why line changes? Why? Yeah, why line changes is pretty good. Mm. Uh, home cooking sucked, probably. Uh, and uh, leave the lines alone. Uh, Harold. We also got a... a uh, Just leave the lines alone. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, keep them rolling in 960, 960, name and location. I'm going to get Lou's take on the three uh, words that could uh, wrap up Calgary's eight-game homestand. <laughs> Rope-a-dope is in there, too. Rope-a-dope's and, uh, a good late one. Yep. And uh, one that just came in, Steinberg is hot, and I completely agree. Yeah, Because he is a handsome individual. His biceps, my goodness. I completely agree with Pat Steinberg. He's a good-looking yeah, man. Crush I've, I've had beers with him. Like, I've had beers with him. I've looked deep into his eyes. A couple of Michelob Ultras. He's dreamy. He's dreamy, to say the least. Uh, his telethon begins at 2 o'clock today <laughs> with him and Aaron Vickers. It starts at 2 o'clock. The Pat Steinberg telethon, a.k.a. Flames broadcast. Two o'clock today. Well, today will be what? Two to 11? Yeah. Give or take? It's only nine hours. I think he's like, supporting the foundation of people who are allergic to freezies. I oh, think that's today. is that what it is today? Yeah. That's what we're raising yeah. money for? The yeah. foundation for people who are allergic to freezies. I almost right. said Slurpees. Yeah. They're different. No, no. Freezies are different. Yeah. It's no. very yeah. delicious. Can they have deadly. Slurpees, though? Or is that a yes. separate day no, when yes. we're raising money for the people that can't yeah, have Slurpees? They absolutely can, okay, but just well, not right. freezies. Okay. Specifically, one more hour to go. Uh, Justin Bourne, Peter Labardi. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960. The fan.